Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. So last week, talked about hearing the voice of God. And everybody, now in the last week, you've done it. You're doing well. You don't have any questions. Put on Facebook any questions about the voice of God. I heard from no one. So I'm... I'm assuming everybody's golden, and, and so I think what we'll do is we'll just do popcorn today where I'll have you come up and, and teach from the pulpit um, how you hear from the... Is, is that cool with there? All the visitors are like, I'm out of here, see him. I'm never coming back. No, man, I, I think it's one of those tricky things because we always want to know what the voice of God is saying, and we how many know there's like so many other voices in our life that constantly, you know, just, just interrupt us or get in our way, and we're trying to discern, we're trying to listen to which voice, and we're going, I'm not sure which voice I'm, I'm supposed to listen to, we're trying to discern, you know, that, that voice of God. And so last week I said, we've got to, we've got to listen. We have to, we have to stop. We have to focus in on that voice. And then we got to do what it says. We have to obey the voice of the Lord. And remember, we talked about Elijah and that still small voice, you know, is really where God was really speaking to him and saying, I'm, I'm here and, I, and I'm going to be there. And, uh, I believe that, that we're all like, yeah, we want to hear, hear God's voice. I don't see anybody here saying that we don't want to hear his voice, but I think I'm, I'm at a place where I'm going, God, I'm desperate to hear your voice. I want to hear you speak. And, and I even talked to somebody this morning that opened up their Bible and said, man, look at what God has been speaking to me. And, and I love that because he does speak through us, to us through his verses. And that's, that's incredible. That's what it should be. But we are in this thing called spiritual warfare or we're at war trying to discern and hear the voice of God all the time. We've got all these voices coming in. And if you go on social media, I mean, how many voices are on there? You listen to CNN, how many voices are on there? You listen to Fox News, how many voices are on there? It, it just all the time, you know? And, and, and sometimes I have to just turn it all off and be in my car completely quiet. Anybody else like that? You just got to shut it off. I'm like, I just, I just need to get in the zone. But we're in this war. It constantly goes, constantly, and I believe God really wants to speak to you, but we've got to shut up some other voices that, that we're in war with. I believe that's God, what God wants us to do. Now, here's what I want to talk about today. Next week, we're going to talk about the voices of those, those people that are friends and those that, you know, have good advice for us, and we try to discern whether their good advice is God advice. You know who I'm talking about. We all have friends like that. We go to and we talk to, and... Sometimes we go to a friend to affirm what we already want to do or what we're already thinking, not what we actually want them to tell us. And so today I want to talk about the voice of the enemy. What's the voice of the enemy? Well, I believe a lot of times that the enemy, if you're on track in your Christian walk, the enemy hates you. <laughs> he, he wants to destroy you. He comes to kill and, and destroy and, and all of this. And, but what, what he doesn't do is he doesn't come up to you and he's not just like this gigantic, you know, guy who we picture, you know, with his little trident and his red cape, is he? I mean, does he really look like that? Uh, I have a clip for you here in a little bit I'm going to show you and I can tell you that's, that's not exactly how he looks. But let me say this. I believe he shows up and what the enemy does is he will share with you little nuggets of truth about your life and you're going, wow, he really knows something. And then we listen to the wrong voice. We get it wrong from time to time. I want to show it to you. I'm going to show you right now how to lie, okay? Um, I'm going to teach you how to lie. Anybody here good at lying? <laughs> Put your hands down. Pray for, 
<laughs> We're going to do an altar call right now. Um, we, <laughs> I'm really good at lying. I'm really good at it. I, and it, here's what happened. We were playing this game. It's about a week ago. And uh, I don't know if you ever played this game. It's called Resistance. We love board games in our family. And if you, ever, if you don't know the game, here's how it works. You have some people who are the resistance, and then you have some people who are the spies. And the resistance, their goal is to win the game and, and win all the missions, okay? The spies' job is to really go in there and ruin it for the resistance. And so last week we're playing this, and, and my wife, I love her so much. She cannot lie. Like, if, if you know my, if you know Heather, my wife, she can't, she sucks at lying, like she's horrible at it, which is a really good thing. I mean, it's a great, it, right? Isn't that a good qu- character quality? I think so. She can't lie. And so, here we are, and, and the way the game works, you don't have to get into all this, but basically, our kids were divided on which one of us was a resistance and which one of us was a spy. And, and she's like, I'm, I'm a resistance person, and I'm telling my kids, you know, like, man, if you don't, and I was a spy, and I'm like, if you don't go with me as the spy, we're going to lose the game. See, it was kind of a half-truth. The spies would have lost the game, right? Right? And so I tell them, I said, man, you got to go with me. And Heather's going, you got to go with me. And so here we are. One of us is telling the truth, and one of us is lying. And I convinced all my kids to go with the lie, all right? Most of them. Some of them stood faithful to the end. And I was like, yes, the bad guys won. It was great. So here's what I want to show you this morning. Um, I have two truths and two lies about my life. And I'm going to put them up because I want you to get to know me a little bit uh, constantly. And so here's the first one. And you shout it out if you think this is a truth or a lie. The first twin signature I ever received was Burt Blylevin. How many think it's true? How many think it's a lie? How many don't know who Burt Blylevin is? All right, no. All right. <laughs> So bad. All right, go to the next one. There are only three states I've yet to visit in the United States, in all 52 of our states. Um, how many? Just see if you're listening. All right, it's 51. All right, how many? How many believe this is true? How many believe it is false? Ooh, about 50-50 on there. Okay, go to the next one. Here we go. Uh, my appendix was removed. Is this true or false? How many think it's true? This side of the room believes it's true. Nobody ever here. Okay, how many think it's it's a lie? All right, last one, last one. Here we go. Okay, we're about 50-50 on it. The first chapter book I ever read was Back to the Future. How many think that's true? How many, <laughs> I hope so. How many think it's false? All right, go back to the first one. We we go back to the first one? Here we go. Uh, this is this is false. The first signature I ever got from the twins was actually Tom Kelly. Anybody remember who Tom Kelly is? If you're older than me. All right, go to the next one. Uh, here you go. The only... Three states I've yet to visit. Uh, that is not true. Uh, I have five to get to still. I got New Mexico, Idaho, Montana, um, Hawaii, and Oregon. Thank you, Silas. All right. Here's the next one. My appendix was removed. Well, we know the first two are true, so the second two ha- or the first two are lies, so the second two have to be true. They're not. I never had my appendix removed. I had my tonsils out when I was in fifth grade. Okay, I still have my, my multifunctional appendix are still working great. I mean, they're all wonderful. Uh, last one here. First chapter book I ever read was Back to the Future. It was not. It was Back to the Future 2. All right? My dad would not let me see the second one until I read the book. And I'm like, there's no book for it. We found it. And since I, I, that's the greatest book in the world. It was awesome. And, uh, except they didn't make hoverboards look the way I thought they should have. Um, here's what I want, I want you to see. 
At the beginning of this, I told you I'm going to give you two truths and a lie. But what did I do? I gave you all lies. That's how the enemy works. Okay? We go, okay, well, I'll listen. I'll give it a listen. And what happens is he gets in there, and it's this war that we have to realize we've got to battle out. You see, too often than not, there's these other voices that we tend to listen to that, that are not God's. And I want you to catch the voice of God today. I want you to see it. There's voices all around us that try to get in. And I think sometimes the, you know, the church gets a bad rap if we ever talk about the voice of the enemy or hell or Satan or any of this. And I want to show you today that it's not scary, but we need to enter in and listen to the voice of God. I have a funny clip here. If you guys are ready, I want to show you just this clip about, uh, it's another pastor who's having an actually interview with, with the devil. So here you go. Isn't that good? That's so good. As Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Church, and uh, he's a great guy. I got to tell you this though: if you ever want to have discussions with your teenagers about teenage stuff, he does interviews with Satan about um, sex with teenagers. It's phenomenal. So I'll just, 
I won't. I don't even. I like. I'm pretty edgy. I don't even know if I could play it in church. So just you gotta go watch it sometime. Here's the deal. I know this is kind of a funny clip, but some of us we're so used to hearing these voices that are not God's voice in our in our mind that we get so used to it. We hear it over and over all the time, and and maybe it's because those voices were spoken over over us by our parents or by our siblings or by our friends. Or by us, you know, that these voices that we constantly lean into. Here's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the who, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He wants, he wants to eat you and spit you out. Okay? There's an enemy. In fact, there's this poll that was done by Gallup, and they, they say that 86% believe in a higher power or a God. Not necessarily, it, it just, it, not just Christian, but they believe in something else, where only 70% believe that there's Satan or, or the enemy. And I, I guess that's good to some extent, but sometimes the voice of Satan doesn't just come out and just be like, well, you're, nah. you know, it's, it's not that way. It gets under our skin, it gets in our head, it gets in our heart, and it's these things that we start to believe and we start to listen to. When God's saying, no, I, you're, you're in this thing. And what happens is when we hear these voices, they're like chains wrapped all the way around us. And we get so comfortable just holding them. We're like, I, I'm going to feel completely naked without my chains. i got to hold on to them. And it's these voices that we've listened to for so long. You know how I know this well? I have lived this, okay? There are voices that have been spoken over me that I've listened to, that I've held on to, and I want you to have the freedom that I believe I have just because of what Jesus did on that cross for me. Can I hear a good amen this morning? Here we go. So here's some of the ways that Satan talks, okay? Number one, there's no hope for you. Satan says this is the voice. These are, these are lies right now. There's no hope for you. That's it. There's no hope. You know, you went through that tough transition. You went through that tough time. There's, it's done. There's no hope. It's over. I love that there's, there is always hope for you. For every situation, there's always hope. I, I love, I love baseball and, uh, twins have started. I, I love it. And, uh, there was this, there's a story and it's this guy who's going to watch a little league baseball tournament and he shows up and the game's going on and he looks at the scoreboard and, and the team that was out the outfield, they're down by 18 points. Zero to eighteen, and so the team that's out in the outfield, they come up and they're like, they're they're running off the field to get ready to bat, and the guy is like, oh my gosh, you must must be so discouraged because you're down by eighteen, you know, you probably lost all hope. And the kid, I love what the kid says. The kid says, I don't know what you're talking about, Mister. We haven't even gotten up to bat yet. I love that. It's like holding on, realizing there's always hope, no matter how bad something. Looks. Second, you sin too much. <laughs> you screwed up too much. God doesn't want you. No, you can't. You can't have that slate cleaned. It's it's too bad. I mean, you whew, you've just messed it up. What's the guy on PBS that paints? What's his name? Bob Ross. He's weird. Anyway, he that is, that is beyond my generation. The generation beyond me that you guys watched him, you're weird too. The uh, he's very talented. But strange. Anyway, he paints, and you know, like all of a sudden you're like, what is he making? And it turns into something else. And you see this other thing that, that it turns into. And you're like, wow, that's a masterpiece. But what happens is sometimes the enemy is painting the wrong thing. And, and we think, well, it's already there. It's already painted on the canvas. I can't paint over it. That's not true. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned, how much you've, you've screwed up, you know? God still wants you. I, I see this happen in divorce. We think, oh, I got divorced, so I can't go to the church, and church isn't going to love me, and, and divorce is the, the unpardonable sin. It's not in the Bible. 
There is no sin that God's not saying, I will forgive you. Okay? If we're still kicking it, God's going, man, I want to love you. I love the fact that Jesus took, what, you remember the name of the disciple that went out and hung himself? What was his name? Say it out loud if you know. Judas. Okay, Judas did it. You know what I love about that story? Not the way it ended, but the way it began. Because Jesus knew everything that Judas would ever do. Knew Jesus' junk, all of it, and said, I'm still going to choose Judas because there was still hope for him. Now, it was unfortunate that Judas was not able to listen to the correct voice and ended up the way it did. But there was still hope offered. Third, it's too late to change. And let's face it, people can't change. Some of you believe that. I've seen people change. I have seen some of the coolest things I've ever witnessed in church and in, in youth groups. I, I did this message years ago. I like, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. And it was, it was, I called my message, my message title literally was crap. Okay. Christ's redemptive approved program. Okay. I had an acronym for it. And what I did is I had this big garbage can up front and we had a bunch of teenagers and I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up and if it's anything that you're dealing with, I want you to toss it in this can and be done with it. And then I did it for adults. And I I look in this garbage can and there's joints in the garbage can. There's pornographic magazines in the garbage can. There's a bottle in the garbage can. All of this stuff. And, And I remember talking to one of the ladies and she said, I just want you to know years ago when we did this, and she said even before that, I went up to the altar and I said, Lord, she was struggling with smoking. She wanted to stop smoking. She just couldn't. And she tried Nicorette and everything. And, and, and she, and if you smoke, I'm not saying you're a bad person or anything like that. She just wanted to. She wanted to be done with it. That day it was cold turkey and she's never looked back. I mean, that's God, okay? God can change you. You think you can change yourself? Have fun. God can change you. He wants to. Here's the next slide. God doesn't love you. You gave him good reason. Well, half that's true. Every single one of us has given him good reason not to love us, but yet he still does. Sometimes people will reveal something really personal to me and trust me with this information. And I appreciate that because it's not going anywhere, okay? But then what happens is they feel like, well, pastor might look down on me because now he knows I struggle with X, Y, Z. That's not the church. The church goes, I know pastor knows I struggle with X, Y, Z, so I need to do life with him so that we can pray together and lift each other up. That is the church for crying out loud. Can I hear a good amen? That's the way it should be. Next one. Look at your past. God won't use you. Wow, you're, you're washed up. That's it. Look at your past. God can't use you. I mean, God didn't use King David after he murdered somebody, had adultery, and had another kid, right? You want to look at the most screwed up individual that God says is a man after God? Look at King David. Granted, not the greatest family guy, but man, God sure utilized him all the way down to Jesus, who is the salvation for mankind. It's incredible. Okay, God used it. He forgave him of his past. Next slide, two more. You'll never amount to anything. This is one that was told over me. I heard it. I believed it. You never amount to anything. You're not you're never going to go anywhere. There was a kid, and I don't remember his name. And uh, this is this is not me, by the way. Um, it's not one of those. And who's the kid? No. There's a kid, and at his lunchroom table, there was there was a row of tables. And then another row and another row. And God spoke to the kid and he became a Christian in high school, a teenage kid. And God said, I want you to go every week and share your faith at each one of these tables. And, you know, people had spoken over this kid. You're not going to amount to anything. You're nothing. You're just a nerdy kid. No one's going to love you. You're not going to have any friends. All of this. And he gets to his, the true story. Gets to his first table and he starts telling people about Jesus. And, and some of them are like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm gone goes to the second table. He had a plan. Like, I'm going to go to this table, and then this table. Well, 
what happened is the kids in his school found out. And so they knew that the next day he was going to be at the adjacent table. And so they went to sit next to him. But he was faithful every day and eventually saw fruit of him just showing up and just wanting to share Christ. That kid's my hero. He's my hero because he's bold enough for Christ to say, even if no one's following, I'm still going to do what God calls me to do. That's listening to the voice. Here's what happens. If this was something that you were told all your life, you're never going to amount to anything, all of this. I, I see this in our culture and it drives me nuts. It's easy to believe. It's easy to get into and realize that the potential that God has given you, I don't know if we ever get to in our lives, but I believe for all of us there's incredible potential. The last lie, you're a lost cause. Sometimes these voices that you're a lost cause, why did God create you? You were a mistake. You know, um, my I come from a, a family where um, I didn't know. I didn't know if I was a lost cause or not. I had no idea until God got a hold of my heart when I was 17. Didn't, I never saw it. I didn't know. Okay? Sometimes these voices come from the church. Sometimes they come from a leader. Sometimes they come from an abusive relationship. But listening to these voices can control our attitudes and behaviors. 90% of all people who were abused physically or emotionally, 9, nine out of 10 that were physically abused or emotionally abused, end up physically or emotionally abusing someone else because they're not, they don't know how to get out of it. And it's a lie that we've held on to. Okay. I've said before, Christians should be the happiest people on earth. And for some reason, sometimes we seem like we're gloomy. We have the hope of the world. That's the answer. It's, it's a simple, but yet deep, profound truth. We've got the hope for the world. That's in Jesus Christ, not in anything that we've done so that we can't boast about it. Check this out. It says right here, and I love this, it says in Luke chapter 4, verses 9 through 13, see this this morning, it says the devil, and he leads him, that's Jesus, to Jerusalem, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, the enemy says, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. I want you to catch just a couple things here. First of all, Jesus, fully man and fully God, tempted just like we're tempted. But did you see what the enemy did? Did you see the one truth and the one lie? Did you see it? Okay. He said, he said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. That's the lie. He's not to put the God, God to the test. And right here, Jesus just said, I'm God is what he was doing. But then the enemy used scripture for crying out loud. Did you see that? The enemy said, well, it's written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. The enemy grabbed hold of a truth and twisted it to make Jesus or try to tempt Jesus into thinking something that wasn't necessarily true at all. Jesus battles it because he knows the scripture better than anyone else because he's the author of it. And then look at the last thing. I want you, did you see this? Okay. He will command his angel concerning you to guard you carefully. Oh, we missed. The, can we go to the next one? They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered and said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Check this out. Verse 13. When the devil had finished all this tempting, see this last sentence right here? He left him until what? 
opportune time. Do you think Satan comes to you when you've been reading your word and you're filled and you're like, man, I'm, I'm just going, or do you think he comes to you when you're down, you're depressed, you're hating life, you're tired, you're vulnerable? Do you think that's maybe when he shows up? Yeah! When we're vulnerable. Then he's going, I'm going to wait for an opportune time and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to do my thing. Alright. Last verse and then we're going to share the truth here, okay? First Peter chapter 5 verse 9. Resist him. That's the enemy. Standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. What Peter was actually talking about was that people were being killed for their faith. He said, we're going to stand this. We're going to do this. Resist the devil. Don't give up. Even if you're going to be killed for your faith, let's not give in to denying who Jesus is. We're going to fight for that right. We're going to do this because this is what God has spoken us to do. And so they continue on. And so let me give you the Jesus truths. I want to come. These are the things that I believe are true. And some of you need to hear this voice of God. You need to listen to what God says you are or what God says who you, whose you are. Okay, we're going to sing a song in just a little bit called Who You Say I Am. And it's just perfect today for what we're doing. Here it is. The Jesus truths. First is this. And if you agree with it after, you can say amen or yeah, but uh, let's have some participation. Bring it. Number one. He knows the plans he has for you. Hope in a future. Three of you believe that. (laughs) We're so Minnesotan sometimes. (laughs) Gotta get out of your comfort zone. Alright? Here's the deal. He knows the plans he has for you. You have a hope. You have a future. God sees that. Do you believe this? Are you still holding on to the chains? Second. He gives you a new beginning. Amen. Amen. Gives you a new beginning. He says, Matt, you know, we're going to erase all that. We're going to start over. We're going to paint it fresh. Now, it doesn't mean we forget where we come from because we don't deny the beginning, but we look to the finish line. We want to finish well. We all start at different places in life. Stay with me as the band comes up. Number three, he takes great delight in us. Isn't that awesome? That means he loves you. He's crazy about you. I want you to think of it this way. If, if you were the only person in this room right now, everybody else was gone. You were it. You were standing right here or sitting right here. Jesus would say, I'm still going. I'm still doing this. When he was at the Garden of Gethsemane going, you know, sweating blood and going, man, I can't believe the hour that's about to come. He would say, even if it's for this person, I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it because I delight. Look at the next one. He rejoices over us. In fact, in the book of Zephaniah, he actually sings over his people Israel. He delights in them. He rejoices over them. He sings over them because he's going, man, this is my creation, and I love them. Think about this. Jesus died while we were still messing up, while we were still sinners. You know the coolest part of that verse? The coolest part of that verse? He'd do it again, even when we messed it up. He'd do it again, even if you know those people wouldn't believe him. He'd do it again, even if they know, say, I'm going to be Antichrist now. He would do it again for them. He would do it again, over and over and over. And that's God's grace. It's God's forgiveness. It's God's word. It's God's voice. And he's going, I want to have communion. Okay, I want to have relationship. I want to have community with those people that say, I want to hear your voice. That is the God in whom we serve. Here's the next one. He has forgiven your past. Past is gone. It's done. You kick that past to the curb. Over. Well, man, if you knew, no, it's done. Stop bringing it up because no one else is. Why are you? Oh, 
because I'm comfortable with it. Well, shut up! Let's get rid of that crap. It's gone. Gone. Your past has been forgiven. Okay? It's over. It is finished. Jesus did a work on a cross, and here's for the next one, because you're now a new creation. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Paul, when he writes this in 1 Corinthians, he says, I'm a new creation. He says, follow my example as I follow Christ. When we listen to the voice of God, then we can have the boldness to share that same statement that the Apostle Paul said. Last one. He provides a way out from the voice of the enemy. There's a way out. Check this out. Last verse. No temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And time out before I finish the scripture. This is not saying that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. He always will give you more than you can handle. Because if he didn't, then why would you need him? Don't use that scripture the wrong way. What he's sharing right here is that anytime you're tempted, he's going to offer a way out. Anytime there's a voice of the enemy that's trying to get in, he's going to say, listen to my voice. And sometimes, like last week we looked at, it'll be that still small voice, but it's a voice that God wants us to hear. Here's what it says. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for your life that you gave willing, willingly for all of us. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you know us and you knew what we would do or what we wouldn't do and yet you still chose to give. You didn't take your life, you gave it. We're grateful for that today. Lord, I'm desperate to hear your voice. I don't want to hear anyone else's. I just want to hear yours. Would you speak to us on a whole new level today and through this week to come? Would we hear your voice? And if if you're speaking right now, and I know you're always speaking, we're just not always doing a great job listening. Whoever you're speaking to right now, would you show them what it is? Maybe it's accepting you for the first time. Maybe it's letting go of some things from the past or things that have held us from hearing your voice. Or maybe we've been listening to those wrong voices or the lies. Would we only listen to the truth? I thank you, Lord. Would you do this this morning? Would you stand to your feet where you're at? That's what I want to ask you to do. Go ahead and you stand. Would you uh, put these words up on the screen for a second in this song that we're about to sing? Here's what it says. It says, Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Go to the next one. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Go to the next. Free at last. He's ransomed me. In other words, he paid for you. What price tag did he put on us? His son. Unbelievable, the value. Well, I was a slave to sin. He died for me. Yes, he died for me. And then go to the, the bridge part. Go to the, go to the next part. I'm chosen. You're not forsaken. You are who he says you are. No one else. Can I hear a good amen? This is a worship song. We're not just going to sing the words. We're going to believe them here in a moment. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Now here's the deal. I want you to worship if you're comfortable with that. And I want you to praise him with this song. Because it's a prayer. 
But as we do this, we're, we'll, Becca will close us and dismiss us in just a minute. Some of you, you're great where you're at. Some of you need to take a step of faith and come up to the altar and sing this and declare it out to Him. Some of you need to kneel where you're at. Some of you need to close your eyes and not sing a word and hear the voices. But I want you to obey the voice of God, not mine right now. Do what He wants you to do. Let's worship. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.